This week on Cannabis Legalization News, Biden is getting called out for his inaction on the federal pardons he promised before the election. Also, President Biden signed an executive order touting marijuana clemency and other equity-focused issues. Senator Schumer meets with GOP senators to discuss cannabis legalization. And the DEA has classified Delta-8 and THCO as controlled substances. Plus, we have news out of Kansas, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Oklahoma, and more on today's podcast. What's happening, everybody? Thank you very much for joining us on Cannabis Legalization News. It was a busy week in Cannabis Legalization News this week. There was some big stuff out of the DEA. We'll get with that, but we're going to have a federal focus to start the Cannabis Legalization News of the Week. Talk about Biden. Let's talk about Joe Biden. And broken promises. What happened to the marijuana pardons that you promised? Now, this was one of those things where He was buying votes right before the election. He came out and he said, hey, we're going to pardon all these people. And Paul Armento, or Armentano from Normal, has penned an op-ed in The Hill saying Mm -hmm. that this October fanfare that he had, Biden put out that executive order that did the three things. We reported on it. And now, where are those pipes? pardons that's what the hill and paul armentado are asking you can you saw you, you saw this coming though man the writing was on the wall the wording of the whole the biggest thing of that moment was the directives he gave the department that was that was the biggest thing out of it It wasn't bullshit clemency for what what was it small yeah it was simple possession or something like simple that possession. yeah but now it doesn't appear that he is going to be able to make good on that none of the six thousand five hundred fifty seven americans identified by the united states sentencing commission as being eligible for the presidential pardons have received them. Yeah, no, it's definitely lip service, right? Like this was something pulling the votes and this is very disheartening where it's, it's don't get mad at fire burning you, right? Like that was something that they were going to do as a gesture, but let's hope that coming up, they can turn around like this whole Schumer thing that, that meeting, I really don't see nothing coming up about that. Yeah. Biden has also done some other stuff this week. He signed an executive order on Thursday that touts the administration's efforts to address the failed approach on federal marijuana policy. And he signs executive orders fairly often. So is this executive order also going to lead to nothing? Yeah. No, and again, like I said, the directives were the biggest thing, I think, out of the year that he's done so far. Now, it would be nice to have forced those guys to have a timeline when to come out with a report, right? So some of the things, like here in Washington State, the home growth thing, they passed the buck on to committees or to a uh, more research always has to be done right there has to be some sort of research done and there's this is just yeah that, that they should invest in time on how to come up with a real reform they any reform would be real reform right yeah. because they just haven't reformed anything it's just more lip service from the biden administration doing stuff to try to legalize but it doesn't really say that there's anything and see this they just refer to as october announcement they said they would work as quickly as they can to carry out that scientific review and I really don't think it's going to really happen in this next four years, as long as they, they're so divided now, what the Republicans own the Senate, is that the one that they are controlling now? Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. that gets back into the other federal news story of the week. Schumer has met with GOP senators to discuss marijuana legalization. Yeah. And again, you remember, what was it, three years ago when Schumer said something soon was coming? Yeah. Yeah. Soon. 
That's the picture of him saying soon. A Senate Majority Leader held a second meeting on marijuana legalization for the new Congress on Tuesday, and he conveyed a group of GOP senators to discuss next steps for crafting a passable bill. Senate sources tell marijuana moment. And again, for a bill to pass, it has to go through both the House and the Senate, whether it be separately or individually. And it's going to be stagnant. What do you think is going to... House is also controlled by the Republicans. So, And the Democrats don't really have... They might have 51 seats in the Senate. And they may actually not be a 50-50. They might have 51 actual senators. But like through Congress itself, I just don't see any real... Oh, the MORE Act. How long mm -hmm. has it been? I don't know. It says advocates are hoping to see a collaboration around a set of marijuana proposals commonly and colloquially known as the SAFE Plus, which Schumer has worked to advance in the final days of the last legislative session. And that package was expected to cover cannabis banking and expungements, among other possible modest reforms. But now will Kevin McCarthy bring anything, anything up? I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know down in the comments or drop it in the chat and see if there's anything going on in the chat about whether or not the Republicans will bring up a bill to legalize weed. But even if it did, it just, the process is so disheartening. Since I've been advocating for this plan, I had hair, dude. And no, and all my hair was been too long to, and then the process itself for 10 years of legalization here in Washington. And I don't know if you heard, but we just got homegrown out of one committee. One committee, 10 years later, you will be able to grow weed someday in Washington state. Yeah. It, just not this week, but yeah, we just. God, and again, it's still a long process to where we're going to be at because just because it passed the committee on one side, it still has to go through the other side mm -hmm. and it has to go through their committees. And it was three years in one committee in a gaming committee, gaming and substance. I'm not holding my breath, even though the process has gone, I guess it's just different. The legalization process, what we're, when you realize what you're advocating for, right? Because we're advocating for rules. We're advocating for fair taxes. Because that's what's going to have to happen eventually. Or in the early, when you're a kid, you're like, man, if we could just figure out how to sell weed. But then there's regulations and there's taxes, things that you never thought about as it's politics then too. Like, how do we regulate it? Yeah. How much social equity do we put? Do we limit the licenses? Do we make it an open license state? How much regulation are we going to put onto these license backholders? And again, that's why 10 years, 10 years, and we don't have homegrown in Washington state, which is ridiculous. It should be like a fundamental part of the regulation <laughs> itself when it comes to this plan, right? Like. I could do everything else that I can buy at a store at my home if I want to try and do it. Like, I'm not going to build a cell phone, but I can plant a garden. I can grow tobacco. I can homebrew, but uh, God forbid I grow a plant. God forbid you'd grow a plant or uh, God forbid you would take hemp. That's our next aspect. The big non-congressional or executive branch story of the week was that Rod Kite's letter got answered by the DEA. And it turns out that according to the DEA, Delta-8 and THCO, even derived from hemp, is a controlled substance. This is out of Marijuana Moment, and it came out after Attorney Rod Kite wrote a letter to the DEA that they responded to. Just another example of bad regu regulation and rulemaking, right? I, I just curious to see who is the person at the DEA, who is the, what is the scientific method they use to concur that these components are, should be on the substance schedule one, right? Again, you're regulating vitamin C, vitamin D. Right. But they just, they are reading it as regulators do in a very boring and direct way. So they say that this, the DEA does not consider THCO, which does not occur naturally to be a unscheduled substance, even when it is derived from hemp. I'm not sure what the courts would 
think of this opinion that came out of the DEA because the DEA is not a court of law. It's not an Article Three judge. And then there was an opinion last year that said Delta Eight is legal and it's hemp according to, and that's why they were able to get trademark protection. So now if they're saying that this Delta Eight is, they just say Delta Eight THCO and Delta Nine THCO. Oh, I see. This is because the Delta Eight that's naturally occurring in plants is okay, but the, the Delta Eight that you synthesize is not okay. According well, to EA. That's interesting in that letter that just that part you were just at, if you scroll back up, the, the first off, the name of the guy, Terrence Babu's yeah. article, but chief of the DEA's drug and chemical evaluation section. So they come to the conclusion that the chemical structure in pharmacological activities have contained in the can, like they're similar, like genetic by DNA. So this is why they're being, but my question, why? That's what it says. It's what it is. Two cannabinoids do not naturally occur in the cannabis plant and can only be obtained synthetically and therefore do not fall under the de definition of hemp. It just doesn't justify putting this on a, something that's controlled substance act that has so much weight and power of putting people in jail and ruining businesses. That's it's already going to screw like Texas. It's already right. just screwing the pooch on this one. So this is going to give prohibition this more leverage in those states, you know, Kentucky. Yeah. And then the DEA officials have indicated that Delta 8 THC products are not controlled substances as long as they're extracted from the natural plant and not synthesized. However, a federal appeals court last year ruled that Delta 8 is not controlled because the Controlled Substances Act only explicitly speaks to the natural Delta 9 and because federal statutes define hemp as any part of the cannabis plant, including all derivatives, extracts, and cannabinoids. It actually gets worse than that. It also says isomerizations under mm. the current uh, definition that contain le less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC by weight. Bam. So yeah, it's one of these things where now the DEA disagrees with the appeals court. And it's just as crazy too, because the definition to the be on a substance act, right? Like it has to be something that has no medical benefits, right? Cannabis has proven to have medical benefits for various types because you have a, a no cannabinoid system, period. Yep. It's interesting. And so there's the yeah. THCO and they say that that doesn't uh, include, it's not, it's not hemp because it does not exist naturally. I don't know what the hemp industry is going to do about this. It's anything like I've seen before, nothing. They'll just keep doing what they're doing. They're going to focus on states where they can play because there are states are going to crack down and there are states are going to let people conduct business as usual because that's true. But again, like the administration or the DEA doesn't get to say what the law is. That's a court's job. And so if the court's already said that Delta eight is hemp, there will be more lawsuits. So there you go. That's what there you, you need. That's why you need to save that. Those pennies in the cannabis industry is to pay lawyers to fight yeah. lawsuits for lobbyists. To give you well, some rent-seeking behavior. That's another part of the industry that most people understand. Even when they, like the lawyer side, I think it's so funny that when people look at you, and I, and I used to make the same assumption, like with normal too, where you think all lawyers are like criminal lawyers. Uh, hey, I got a, a case coming up. Can you help me out? And it's a weed case and I see you're pro-weed. But it doesn't work that way because you didn't study crime. You studied banking and stuff. I'm just putting that out there, man. I just find it funny that it is necessary to pay people like you and the business side of things that know how to do paperwork and know the rules. That's why you need to have this deep pockets almost. That's why these MSOs exist is because they can float and they do have guys that know the rules. Yes. They also have corporations. And so they put all their money together into a pot yeah. so that they can then go out into the industry and their tendrils, whatnot. But that's one of the stories out of the States. I guess we can turn our attention from the federal news that came out this week, which was big from the DEA to mm -hmm. something from the administration. At least they're saying something. Now, if they would actually just follow through on the things that they've been saying, that'd yeah. be great.
But, yeah, it's then there's the pay to play. So who is paying for the industry to get legalized? The industry is. True Leaf has contributed another five point five million to get recreational cannabis on the Florida ballot in twenty twenty four. I think it's funny when we talk about the cannabis industry, though, like it's still such a, a, a vague animal because of the deep pockets needed to do the reform, but also how it's on pop base. Well, it was outlaw base. It's if you, if people know your name, you are either doing a really bad job. I just watched a, a video of Kyle Cushman. I didn't know he did strawberry cop. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how like early days, how a strain would precede the growers. And you wouldn't really, I wouldn't know who Kyle Cushman was, but I knew strawberry cop. And when I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he brought, cause I really remember having really good experiences. Every once in a while, there's a strain that you're like, ah, man, I remember that one. That pink champagne is another one for me. But uh, I, I just think it's weird because now we're, what we're trying to do is you're shaping the industry to be like, I don't know, tomatoes, beer, every, everything else you go to the grocery store. There's going to be brands that are good. There's going to be brands that are bad. Mids. going to be federal regulations on all of it. And they're all yeah. have to comply because you put it into your body. You want it to be safe. But exactly. who's paying for the legalization? The companies that have the licenses go figure and it's florida we do have to give a little pitch to florida right now because they have a licensing window going on and it will be open and closed by april 28th if you need to get a florida application in that is a doozy that is a big project you have to have all the real estate you have to have the money to be vertically integrated like you have to be ready to go and fight with true leaf so you have to be able to grow it. You have to be able to sell it. You have to be able to process it all in-house. That's the same thing for Texas going on right now too. And it's a pretty comprehensive application. It'll be hundreds of pages. Oh yeah. And that, that's the thing. And like you would, we all want to have a Jersey Weed Man story where you start with off like a hundred dollars and then you have your own little enterprise from growing plants, selling and flipping. But for the most part, when it comes to these big businesses, like a, you want to be a chain restaurant or something, you got to have enough, I guess, liquidation and stuff. So say we won that license. Yep, that was I have no, yeah. And, but I, if we won that license, I have no aspiration of like actually being hundred percent control of a thing. I just want to be part of a thing to help. I, we're going to have to like get that kind of money from somebody else yeah. who we'll, we'll have to think is structured. Uh, there's going to be like a mutual ground between a dream and then the reality. Yeah. I mean, I. One of my clients opened up the dispensary last week. I think it was the first dispensary in Illinois to open outside of the Chicagoland area that is a social equity or one of the first. Yeah. Great. They actually expanded from Washington state over to Illinois now. Yeah. That was expensive. That was expensive for them to get operational, like a couple million bucks. So they get a couple million bucks and you also need to buy the license. Now you're into like four or $5 million territory just to get open. Pretty darn ridiculous, but that's like the security and then the compliance aspect of it. It's expensive to get into the business, which means you probably need to start a corporation and then start raising capital because you're going to need that capital. You're going to need a CFO that's going to be able to help you with your financial models and ensure that your numbers are correct so that you can have enough money flowing through the business and also just in an account so that you can operate before you can actually start making revenue. Oh yeah. There's a way, how long was Amazon negative before they uh, became what they are? Yeah. The monster. Well, the monster. Yeah. But no, none of the uh, cannabis companies can actually go public yet. They're all in Canada. If you, they are mm. publicly traded and it's one of those types of things. Yeah. It's that time. It is that time. It's 420 somewhere. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah. We'll be right back.
You know, that story about Florida also has some interesting aspects that's going to tie into our next one about Virginia, but uh, administration that you have to deal with in any particular state that you're trying to get a license can be very different. And so the administration that I deal with in Illinois or that we deal with in Washington is not how they're doing it in Florida. For Florida, it is a $150,000 non-refundable application. And then if you win, it's a million dollars for the applicant, for the license. Yeah. And then you have the DeSantis administration that set those rules. Well, it's crazy. They, they can set that rule. That's the thing. But then that also has to do with what's going on in Virginia, which went from Democrat controlled to Republican controlled, which we're only mentioning as news, by the way. We aren't sitting there going, oh, this one's good and that one's bad. Um, yeah. But it's being reported out of high times. The Virginia legislative panel kills retail cannabis bill. So well, what's going on over there, man? The geo, it's unfortunate that we don't try and bag on one party or the other, but it just seems that that way, <laughs> like stereotypes. Did you see? So the GOP in the Virginia is also trying to kill. Let's show you this one. It says a legislative panel this week declined to advance a bill to regulate retail sales, effectively killing the proposal that would have sent the stage for recreational cannabis sales to begin in Virginia by 2024. The measure from Senator Democratic Senator Abin, Abin was rejected by the House Delegate Subcommittee with a 5-3 vote along party lines with the panel's Republican majority opposed. And check this one out too, out of Virginia as well. This is very fortunate with the GOP. They're trying to defund the agency that's involved with the cannabis regulation. Yeah. Not only are you stopping bills, but they're just trying to like cripple any forwardness, any progression. Now this is like the politics not only hinder the consumer, but the population because it's Fucking right. arresting people for nothing. You're, you're just creating crime over nothing. That, that's what it is. Well, and then the, the other way that the administration can sandbag an industry, like the cannabis industry, it, besides putting up the price for making sure that it's very expensive to operate in there, is to have staff cut from the regulator's office. So if you don't have but four people working on all the applications, good luck, bro. Yeah, I heard the, the best way to kill an agency is sometimes to, to put people in charge that you don't want it. Like, there's what, just it's unfortunate and really hope they get their head out of their ass. Yeah, let's see what else they talk about on this, because that's the interesting thing. See, we reported on it back almost two years ago now, in July of 2021, when Virginia legalized cannabis for 21 years and older, it made it illegal to possess an ounce of weed and grow up to four cannabis plants at home. However, the legislation required lawmakers to authorize regulated sale and set a target date of January 1st, 2024 to launch legal sales of recreational pot. But so far, the Republican majority, which took control after the 2022 election, has failed to set up a bill to create the legal framework that would actually cause the recreational cannabis sales in the state. Remember the when they legalized it and then they even like months afterwards sped up the time frame they were going to open the doors and they didn't get no flack for that. So it's just so weird that these people are so powerful to push back on this one issue that it's hurting their citizens. Like they want it. They want legal weed in Virginia. They have it. They just want no. it to now be like a, a store, a business. Right. Yeah. 
And then, but then they still are politicizing it while they're doing it. They're politicizing mm-hmm. it. It's the thing. It really sucks. But hey, shout out to all the members that are joining us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. And if you're enjoying the show, drive us a like, leave us a comment and ask about what's going on in your state. Look at this. It goes on the Virginia stuff. Now, Glenn Youngkin is going to train his sights on Delta 8 THC. The stuff they're going after, their issues, it's like the they're more concerned about what's in your body and bedroom mm-hmm. than they are an actual, like, resolving issues. But the bill that Youngkin says that he's concerned about is the bill that deals with hemp and Delta 8 and the regulations for consumer safety around those products. He says, right now, we have products that are being mislabeled and missold and being targeted toward children. Get right. the F out of here. You know, the target of the chip, there's no, there's no delt gummies. They very often in the regulation. And so create new regulations, but that, say you're not allowed to do that type of marketing strategy. You can't call the thing Skittles or runs. You can't, yeah. you can't make it about candy. And that is a common regulation in the actual license holder industry. You, there's advertisement requirements in the rules and regulations. So when you're doing your marketing plan, it's a little easier. You're like, let's go get the ad requirements. But mm. Even the ad requirements are just like, it's, it's just excessive redundancy that doesn't need to be there because it's, I don't know, it's like video games of violence, right? When you're trying to put two and two together, like, oh, the kids see the gummies and now they're all going to be potheads and listen to Grateful Dead, going to fish concert. Like a lot of fun, man. Hey, what's <laughs> going on in a month in Oklahoma? This is pretty big news. Oh, yes. This is the recreational boat coming up. Hey, um, let's put that, let's do a little bumper on it because little, it is... Some trending. Yeah, this was trending. Oklahoma is going to be voting for recreational cannabis in less than a month. They call it marijuana out there, it seems. Oklahoma will ask, at question 820, will ask voters to approve recreational marijuana statewide. I wonder what that is polling at, question 820. This is a bulls on here. I would guarantee right now there's a lot of pushback in the quote-unquote medical community because of the patients. This is an inevitable thing that's going to happen, and they have to. Those taxes are hella low. I think it's 7% mm-hmm. or something ridiculously low. Yeah. Retail recreational customers will be taxed 15%. Medical card holders are taxed 7%. That is vote yes on 820. Let's open that link and do tab. That's still lower than any state. Like, all the other states are like 37 and just Wow. That's such a fair yeah. for the businesses side of the thing. Right. It is. Vote yes on state question 820. They will safely regulate and tax marijuana for adults 21 and older in Oklahoma and generate million of dollars in tax revenue and more. So that is what they're doing out yeah. there. In- and I really hope everybody gets on board because it's going to... It's- it's going to happen. And until you might as well have a say in it. And this is a pretty decent say. And I think, is it, do you know if there's homegrown involved? I do not know if there's homegrown involved. That'd be the caveat, right? This is fair. But if business. everybody can get a license, isn't that kind of like a form of homegrown? They, they, they'll probably, is that going to be an open license again? Or there'll probably be a window. Like, I don't, you, the horse is so far out of the barn for Oklahoma. You can't try to do limited licenses on that. And I just think you just can't, you'd have to have a procedure to change the thousands of license holders that are already there over to being hybrid so that they can have either adult use or medical being sold by them. Let's you just do it like Oregon and just say, okay, flip your sign over. You can still sell medical, but when Oregon did it, people who already had shops just had to put a little corner of the product for patients for like low price and stuff. And then 
of course, Oregon's damn so low anyways. It doesn't really matter, but that's... Uh, but it's going to be really open as well, but I don't really yeah. know much about state question 820 will create. It says, carefully balance freedom with responsible regulation. Products are tested, labeled, tracked, seed to sale. Employers can maintain a drug-free workplace. Keeps penalties involved in anybody who gives cannabis to someone under the age of 21. So, yeah, Probably going to be pretty darn open. The infrastructure should be just, hey guys, if you got a store open, you're now recreational. Because they've already had limited license because it was an open thing for the longest time. Yeah, I mean, it still is. I, oh. I bet it's going to be very similar and there'll be thousands of adult use, li adult use license holders in that state pretty darn quickly. Oh, the, that one article we touched upon was the Kansas Federal Reserve area that noted that their second largest revenue generator was the cannabis industry. And that's without federal taxes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's good news. But then like at the same time, it, it took three and a half years to get the dispensary open because that application window was in October of 2019. Yeah. Uh, and then by oh. February of 2023, you got open, which. And he's one of the first ones to get open, which is the funny thing. And most people still aren't even closed. You guys also had the pandemic. That, that set the world behind a little bit. It sped up the uh, e like Zoom marketing and all that and stuff. And like video conferences and podcasts. Those all took off during the pandemic. I readjusted the whole workforce. That's just a thing. Matter of fact, I'm working on an article on that for, uh, for Canvas Division News. Talk oh, very nice. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about a state that we really... Never, ever talk about here in cannabis legalization news. This isn't going to be a first, but it was something that you usually aren't expecting when you turn it, tune in. Roots. Hey, Kansas Democrats plan to legalize cannabis in 2023. Do you believe that? What's your odds on Kansas doing anything for legalizing uh -huh. weed? Another red state. I would like to think they're purple. I know Texas is purple, but I don't think, again, Kansas. I really, Bleeding Heart Kansas is a great org if you want to support Kansas. You know, Democrats remain committed to cannabis education and legalization. So they are trying, but this is what their Kansas platform says is the House Democrats remain committed to education, cannabis legalization, tax reduction, women's rights, LGBTQ protections, and workers' rights. Nice. I like how that even the Democrats in Kansas are like low taxes, low taxes. Just, I would like to see America be uniform, but I feel like in some pockets of the world, they're still a small town <laughs> and really until somehow you can grease the right pocket there or into the right mind. But it's nice to see that there's some people out there who are with common sense. Yeah. And a little bit of common sense out of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a new bill that will create an interpretation and you know, their intention to file a measure that would allow new growers to enter the space in mm. their medical cultivation market. Under the bill, farmers and other small agricultural businesses would have an opportunity to apply for cultivating and selling cannabis to growers and processors that already operate statewide. That is interesting. It was out of Pennsylvania. Maybe they can't legalize it. If there's going to be a round in Pennsylvania for farmers, cool. Huh? Minnesota too. Of just mm. a whole smattering of states. Minnesota lawmakers step closer to legalizing marijuana. Minnesota lawmakers in both chambers have moved it, which is nice. important. You need both. And then the governor, that's what's different. And so we have a governor that's supportive of cannabis legalization in Minnesota, which means that they'd actually sign it and then 
put it into production, like how they did in Illinois. They had a governor who, back mm-hmm. when they elected in 2019, put it on his agenda. Like, we are going to legalize cannabis, recreationally for adults. It, it worked. But look where you're at now, though, still. Because it's still stagnant because the, the rules that were created weren't, I guess, too... You know what's funny? I think about Washington State being one of the first in Colorado. We didn't have that many lawsuits in the beginning of uh, legalization. And I think it's because the money was very trepidatious, right? Like money was like, the Fed's going to get involved. We're going to not go out there and, and do it. And now because people have been winning, there's been a lot of losers too. But Oh, yeah. That's the problem. Like when, uh, when you have 4,000 people apply for 500 licenses, yeah, that's just really happens. But then it's, if you have a procedure to license holders that requires them to be regulated and also requires like dual licensing, kind of like how they do in New Jersey, people can get open for business, but it doesn't mean like anybody's going to, there's going to be a million pot shops on the street. It doesn't have to be Oklahoma. It really is being limited by the community where they they want you to operate. You know, exactly. First the state and then a community, right? The state says you can allow to have this much. Then yeah. Like the state says, do it this way, that way, this way, because there's no federal guidance. There's no federal regulations for how to go about it. So each state has their own little thing. I was just going over in Missouri. I should do a deep dive on Missouri applications as those are going to be out in June. And so how long is that going to take? Ohio and cannabis, maybe they'll legalize. They just had a round last uh, in 2021 of another 73 dispensaries. So they're getting close to being ready to legalize. If they get 140 dispensaries operating in Ohio, that's great. I'd be cautious right now of any Ohio weed in that area where that spoil, spill was. I've heard that they can get to the plants and stuff, and I'm just throwing it out there. I'm yeah. following that. Some scary that's, shit. Yeah, that is some scary shit, I tell you. Yeah. But trains need to be regulated better, but safety is important, and so security. So there's going to be a lot of those plans that are in your application for your dispensary or your grow application. Yeah. Shit, that's fucked up. Train increase. That's it wants to grow like another. When I was growing up in Jersey, dude, we had a lake because the Johnson Johnson was a dumping ground and uh, it glowed in the dark at night. Hmm. Man, let's do a little bit of that strain name thing that we play. All right, buddy. Been about 36 minutes. You're dead down, buddy. There it is. Woo, look at the strain. Look at that nug. Isn't that ball? Not like a nodular, but a a little ball. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had this strength. I would enjoy it, I'm sure, after your recommendation about it. But how would you, what type of hints or how would you describe this strain that we're seeing here on the screen? Which, hold on a second. I got to go back to the notes. You were talking about it earlier. Oh, shit. That that bad boy. Oh, it is. That's right. That's so ironic. I didn't even realize that. That's so funny because. It was such a good, you have a high sometimes, and I hate using that word high. I want to call it like the experience, right? I mean, like when you, just like calling the black market traditional market or the traditional market black market. I just, they're like, words matter. And But like this guy, imagine like a cool, chilly day where you can see your breath outside and everything's brisk and your lungs are just all expanding. That's what this made me feel like. It was, that's, yeah, it's good. Penny, what's up? There it is. Strawberry hey, cough, right? What is the actual, because we have the strawberry cough, probably from where you can buy that seed. Yeah, he's putting his seeds out. So apparently when he, clones were only, he took these clones across the country and gave them to friends. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they expand throughout the country. But there were no seeds 
for strawberry cough. He never released any seeds. He can't. No, he can't. Yes, if you want to go into our description, you will see a link to our bit.ly that then goes to our link tree where you can find a link to go over to Homegrown Cannabis Co. and get yourself some strawberry cough. Yeah, no, I actually made it. Then when Kyle Cushman says, great flavors, great aromas, great high, just ask, Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Mice and Children Man with Michael Caine, he just has a small role in it, but he talks about strawberry cough and and they smoke out. It's pretty dope. Pretty dope. Ooh. I think I should buy some seeds. Somebody asked earlier about Wisconsin. I got a Wisconsin news that's very sad. We have Wisconsin news that's very sad. I was going to pull up the Wisconsin news that didn't seem as sad, but if you have some sad Wisconsin news. Oh, no, wait. Never mind. That's you're right. Oh, I'm just so used to be negative Nancy, dude. Wisconsin is like Kansas. It's like you hear anything coming out of there. You're like, nah. Eh. But then every now and then, there's wrong. So Wisconsin governor includes marijuana legalization in the budget request. I don't even think there's a bill. I can't say like HB, whatever, like you can in very many other states. But Governor Tony Envers signaled that he planned to put adult use measure in his request despite a top GOP lawmaker warning taking that step would compromise negotiations on a more modest medical cannabis legalization. What does that invoke, though? Does that mean now the legislature have to create? Don't do shit, then. No, it doesn't really mean shit because the yeah. executor doesn't get to make the law or apportion the money. They can have yeah. a budget, and so the Biden administration will put out their budget, but then Congress has to pass the budget. So it's just another gesture, but it, really it's a big gesture. When you, it's like a Biden gesture, right? I'm going to say some shit and then nothing can happen even if I put it on paper. There's some stuff. Here's the, this is what the governor's marijuana legalization proposal includes. Okay. 21 and older residents of Wisconsin per- purchase up to two ounces of cannabis, while non-residents could have up to a quarter of an ounce, which again, this may technically violate the Dormant Commerce Clause because you are discriminating against out-of-state purchasers. So it's a lawsuit waiting to happen on there. But the resident amount is two ounces. And in Illinois, we're just allowed to have one. And then, of course, they don't understand how the cannabis plant works because residents 21 and older can also grow up to six cannabis plants for their own use, which makes substantially more than two ounces, by the way. People with debilitating medical conditions may qualify as medical cannabis patients. That's really it. Okay, like a directive almost. But But look at the low taxes, 15% tax and another 10% tax we levied at the retail level for adult use cannabis sales. Medical patients will not pay the excise tax. If these guys, if one of these poor ass states can fucking legalize and create good infrastructure, they would just prove that just, it'd be a revenue generator. Jobs, people would fly out there for whatever. I could actually work in the state of Wisconsin and I still have my law license there because I graduated from there. So I used to get it, but I've never been able to work in Wisconsin because of the Tavern League. What's the Tavern League? The Tavern League controls Wisconsin. And so the Wisconsin's a big drinking state. They have the Tavern League and they're very conservative as well. Oh, that's uh, so funny. Even though it's about 51% conservative and 49% liberal. But the way that they gerrymander the legislative map like the Republicans have two thirds of the seats, despite being only like 51% of the Totally get it. Like Montana's run by just six old white guys that meet for breakfast every morning in buildings. I saw it. I was like, oh shit. They make the fucking rules? They do. They make the fucking rules. Pretty crazy. crazy. But yeah, I hope that Wisconsin legalizes. I really do. They should. Because then there's 6 million people up there. And then it's much closer to, much easier to get clients in Wisconsin, I bet, than 
New Mexico and New Jersey, even though I get clients there. And then you, I think most places underestimate the tourism that it can draw because a lot of every state's got their beautiful tourism aspect. I mean, add weed to it, make it a, an infused edible. It's like, an, now it's an amazing adventure. But what people don't think about it, when people think cannabis consumption, I think they think like a stereotype, like stoners and stuff like that. And they're not thinking of the average citizen. There's a point where it's just an average. It ranges from everywhere from the festival person to the lawyer who just smokes weed at night or the doctor or whatever. Mm. Just Yeah, there's a ton of us out there. I tell yeah, you man. what, but that's all the news that we have from the cannabis legalization world for this week. Not sure what's next week's going to bring, but I'll guarantee you that it's 420 somewhere. You'll be able to find us. Yeah. All right. Do you want to sell anything else before you hang up the feed? No, I can't get them. I got some stuff to do writing and stuff. So hopefully I'll have something by next week. Cool. And uh, the next video that you should watch is about to begin in three, two, one second. Okay.